messages left in our series that we started, believe it or not, in January. We started with the theme for the year, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Obviously, it's not there. Believing God no matter what. We walk by faith, believing God no matter what. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us, without faith it's impossible to please Him, right? For he that comes to God must believe that He is, and He's rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. When you got saved, you got saved by placing your faith in Jesus and what He did for you on the cross. And so I want to just read one phrase from Hebrews chapter 11. The last message of the series will take the remaining verses and we'll summarize them together. But the Bible says in verse number 35 of Hebrews 11, the scripture says, Women received their dead raised to life again. And as we've looked at this, we've tried to take ourselves back to the story in the word of God where we know that the event happened and draw from it. There were two women in the Word of God that received their child back to life again. The first one is found in 1 Kings chapter number 17. I want to just give you a little bit of a summary of this one, and then we'll spend more time in 2 Kings chapter number 4. In 1 Kings 17, we do not have much information concerning the woman that received her child to life again. And uh, the only, all she says about her son is found in verse number 18. You remember there was a famine. And the Bible says that Elijah arose, verse 10 of 1 Kings 17, and went to Zarephath. And he came to the gate of the city. Behold, there was a widow woman there that was gathering sticks. He said, fetch me a little water that I may drink. And uh, verse number 12, as the Lord liveth, I don't, and he said, make me a morsel of bread. Verse 11, she said, I don't have anything left except this, a little oil and a cruise. Verse 13, Elijah said unto her, first go, fear not, and do as thou hast said, make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me. Verse 14, he says, the barrel of, of meal shall not waste. Obviously, we can, can, can figure some things concerning her faith in listening to uh, Elijah here. Uh, she did, verse 15, according to the saying, and the barrel of meal, verse 16, wasted not. Verse 17, it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. Now here's verse 18. Here's what she, we know concerning what she says about her son to Elijah. Elijah and, and this is it. So this is what we have here. In verse number 18, she says this. What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? The rest of the story, Elijah does what he does. He revives the child. Verse number uh, 21, he stretches himself upon the child three times and says, God, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come unto him again. Verse 22, and he revived. Verse 24, the woman says this, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth is true. So really, her son gets sick. And dies, and she says, hey, is this because of me? Is this because of something that I did? Her exercise of faith, obviously, she makes a statement concerning Elisha at, Elijah excuse me, at the end. Uh, she exercises faith and believes God, and we know that because Hebrews 11 tells us. 
Now, I want to take you to the second passage, and I want to spend more time there because we have more of a story in 2 Kings chapter number 4. And I want to preach a message that I have simply entitled a demonstration of faith. Sometimes you look in Hebrews 11 and you scratch your head and you say, how did this person make it into the hall of faith, you might say. By the way, it's encouraging to me to look at some of the individuals in the hall of faith because they weren't perfect. And that's encouraging to us because we're not perfect. And when we see people in there, we can re- I, I think there's really almost everybody can almost relate with somebody in Hebrews 11. And that's what's interesting about it is God put all kinds of people in Hebrews 11. So in 2 Kings chapter number 4, we're going to see a demonstration of faith by the Shunammite woman. And the story is with the Shunammite woman and Elisha. You remember Elisha followed Elijah. And uh, so we find ourselves in 2 Kings chapter number 4 and verse number 18. Actually, let's go to verse number 16. Elisha promises her that she's going to have a son. Verse 16, And he said about this season, according to the time of life, Thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. She had taken care of Elisha. Elisha wanted to do something. He prayed, talked to the Lord. Her husband was old. She was kind of old. They didn't have any children. And uh, Elisha sought the Lord. And God said, All right, we're going to give her a child. And she had a child. Verse 18, And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. It was a time of harvest time. This would be a busy time. This would be a challenging time for them. It would be a a hot time. Obviously, harvest time was often a a joyful time. And uh, it's interesting. She's going to face a trial here. She faces a a trial here uh, with her son. Verse 19, he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to the lad, carry him to his mother. Isn't it interesting? They go to mom. We don't know specifically why. Uh, uh, Obviously, just practically, often moms are much more nurturing than dads are. Uh, When my children would fall and hurt themselves, I had a little more compassion on the girls. I have to admit that. And uh, but when the boys would fall and say, get up, come on, it's all good. Uh, sometimes you clap, you know, good job, man, you're tough, you know what I'm saying? But if they wanted sympathy, they would come to mom, and mom, of course, would, uh, she would always be sympathetic and always just do what she could to meet the need there. And, uh, but I was more compassionate with the girls, I have to admit, although I didn't drag it out. When There's a difference between a problem and drama. And when the problem goes from the problem to drama, then I'm done, right? Everybody know what I'm talking about. And sometimes with the girls, it could get drug out the drama. I did have compassion on Grace when my son Daniel, they were just little. He was, in, he was playing. And uh, believe it or not, Brother Charles, I'm telling you, he took a screw gun and screwed it right into the head of her doll. And she came up, look what Daniel did to my doll. Can you believe a guy would do that? I'll tell you that. He must have thought it looked like a two-by-four or something. In any event, going back to the scriptures here, the Shunammite woman's going to face a trial. She's going to face a problem with regards to her, her son. Maybe dad was busy or something. Verse number 20, when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat her on her knees till noon 
and then died. Interesting, we don't know how old he was. He was old enough to go to the fields and watch the harvesting, but young enough to be carried to his mother by the servant and sit on her lap. This is obviously a big deal. You see, why is this a big deal to the Shunammite woman? Because he promised her a child. She said, don't lie to me. I'm old, my husband's old, and God promised her a child, and now it's like the child taken away from her. And this is, a, this, is a, this is an issue. And we're going to see, as we look at this scripture here, we're going to see a demonstration of faith in the life of this Shunammite woman that I trust will help all of us. I want to have prayer, and let's ask the Lord at this point to meet with us, and then we'll dive right in. Lord, we do love you today. Thank you for the privilege to look at your word. Thank you for the story here of the Shunammite woman. Lord, we ask that you would help us to, to desire to be men and women of faith. And Lord, we do have to believe you no matter what. And this woman had a real trial. Her son had died. And a real trial, Lord. And you uh, put her in the hall of faith that we might learn. And I pray that we would. And I pray that you'd be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, I want to look at her perspective. As we see her demonstration of faith, I want to look at her perspective. The Bible says in verse number 21, And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door upon him, and went out. And she called unto her husband, and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men, and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God, and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. The phrase, it shall be well, is a phrase that comes from a Hebrew word, which means shalom, which really means peace. One commentator said this concerning her response. It conveys a statement of, don't worry, everything will be all right. She demonstrates, as I look at this story, a calm spirit. Now, we see the story from the beginning to the end. We know that the son is going to be revived. The mother didn't know that. Obviously, she didn't know what was going to happen. But she exercised faith in believing God and believing that everything is going to be all right. Sometimes that isn't our first response, is it? Sometimes when we get news, sometimes when things don't go the way we think they should go, we can find ourselves getting rattled inside. We can find ourselves getting unsettled. And often, very quickly, we can find ourselves saying things we don't mean. You ever say anything you didn't mean? I say it all the time. <laughs> sometimes it comes out, and I, I hear it. It goes somehow, I don't know about you, but sometimes it goes straight from the inside to the mouth and misses the brain. Any of y'all have that problem? You know, it misses the brain. What were you thinking? My wife sometimes says, what were you thinking? I say, I wasn't thinking. I think it's harder for women to understand that us men can do things and say things without thinking. Somehow there's a disconnect, right? And I find myself, there's some, look, this Shunammite woman had the right perspective concerning the trial that she faced in her life. Hold your place there and turn to John chapter number Two, the Gospel of John, chapter number two. We read the story. Uh, Ruth, you're going to like this. You know, we'll throw this in here for you. Uh, uh, the story of a wedding. Ah, oh, the story of a wedding. John, chapter number two. And um, it's interesting when you when you look at this story. And we'll just be here for just a minute. 
uh, there's a wedding. And uh, verse number uh, three, and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. You ever been to a, uh, we've been to functions sometimes in a church function, we run out of food. By the way, International dinner, don't forget to sign up, all right? Sign up back there. Sign up the dish that you're bringing, though I probably won't know what it is, nor will I know how to pronounce it, but maybe someone else will, and we won't have two of those same dishes. In any event, sometimes we might run out of food, but at a wedding, you can't run out of food. And they're running out of wine. We can talk about this later. Real good tasting grape juice. They're running out of it. And Mary's not freaking out. She's not going nutso. She says to Jesus, hey, they ran out of wine. And he says, well, my time's not yet come. But look at the next verse. The next verse, Jesus didn't tell her what she's going to do, but look at what she says. His mother said, uh, saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And, of course, he fills these water pots. They fill them with water, and uh, they bear them. And you know the story. And if you don't, read up to verse number uh, 11, and you'll find a wonderful story where Jesus takes the water and turns it into wine. But the phrase that stuck me, Mary, she wasn't freaking out at this wedding. She simply said, servants, go do whatever he says to do. And she left. You see, she had the right perspective on her situation. And sometimes it is difficult for us. We live in the here and now. We live in the today. And sometimes we have to take a step back and we have to kind of look at life from the perspective of God. Don't you wish sometimes you could climb up a ladder and sit next to God and see things from his perspective? Of course, if you could do that, we'd never want to come back down. He'd have to push us back down, right? He'd have to slide and board on the other end. Say, all right, you've been up here enough. Get back down there. We wouldn't want it. You know, God's perspective is so much different than our perspective. Romans 8, we know the, the, uh, the verse, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. God can work trials in our lives to our good for his glory. It's a perspective thing. That's why we're supposed to let the word of God dwell in us richly, right? The peace of God can rule our hearts Hey, when the Word of God dwells in us richly, we have God's perspective about things, and we see things maybe in a different way than we should. The Shunammite woman has a biblical perspective. I want you to see, secondly, not only are we looking in a perspective, I want you to see, secondly, look at her pursuit. Look at verse number 22. She calls unto her husband and, she, and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God, and come again. She is focused on the man of God. She is focused on getting a word from God, from the man of God. Often, sometimes when Christians even get into tight situations, we can find ourselves trying to solve problems humanly. We can find ourselves trying to resort to other methods to solve our problem than to wait on the Lord. It would be a great it would take great effort for her to get to the man of God. He wasn't right around the corner. One commentator said he was miles away. It possibly took her five to six hours to get to where he was. 
But you see, it was important to her. It was important for her to say, hey, I've got to get to the man of God, the, the, the individual has connection with God. Why? Because I need God in the midst of this trial. Isn't it sad that sometimes God has to bring difficulty into our lives to cause us to take a time out and say, God, I need you. Sometimes it's a tragedy. Sometimes it's, well, it could be anything. Uh, difficulties, challenges, God brings it. We, we can just be moving forward, doing our thing, and God's got to get our attention. God should have to get our attention because we're supposed to live dependent upon him on a day-by-day basis. Elijah, Elisha, pardon me, uh, would be pursued by this Shunammite woman because she saw the need for God in this situation. The Bible tells us in Psalm 63, the psalmist writes this concerning God. And this ought to be our heart cry, whether we have trials or don't have trials. O God, Psalm 63 in verse number 1, Thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I've seen thee in the sanctuary. In Psalm 42, the psalmist wrote read this, As the heart panneth after the water brooks, so panneth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? You see, the psalmist saw the need to hunger and thirst and pursue God. Don't wait until you have a tragedy. Don't wait until you have a trial. Don't wait until difficulty comes in your life to connect with God. We need God every day of our lives. And the devil did everything he can to try to get between us and God. To try to keep us so busy that we don't spend time with God. Why are we setting aside Friday night to seek the Lord? Because we need God. And as a church, we need God. If you watch any or listen to any of the news, you recognize this nation needs God. And God says this, if you seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Sometimes our search is is limited. Sometimes our search search is temporary. Sometimes we say, hey, I'm having a hard time getting the mind of God because God wants us to spend more time with him. He wants us to seek him with our whole heart. Sometimes we think, well, I'm going to give up. Don't give up. He will be found of us if we'll seek him with our whole heart. Her pursuit, her pursuit was after God. I read a story, I don't have too much time to go into it, probably you're familiar with it too, back happened in July of 2018, a junior soccer team were rescued um, in a cave system in, in, uh, in, in Chiang province in northern Thailand. Twelve members of the team, aged 11 to 16, and their 25-year-old assistant coach entered a cave on June 23rd after a practice session. Shortly after they entered, heavy rainfall began and partially flooded the cave system, blocking their way out and trapping them deep inside. 
they went after and they pursued and they pursued on July 2nd after advancing through narrow passages and muddy waters. British divers found the group alive on an elevated rock about four kilometers from the cave mouth. And bottom line is uh, just monsoon season and this and that. So here they are in a cave for almost, what, two weeks. But those that were pursuing didn't give up. They had to sedate them, if I understand the story correctly. They had to kind of sedate them a little, put oxygen masks on to get them out of the cave. They went after them. You know what? Our pursuit for God, hunger and thirst after righteousness and will be filled. The Bible says this, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. You can make attempts in a relationship with another human being to try to get close to them. You say, boy, it just didn't work. I'll tell you this, any attempt to get close to God, to draw nigh to God, is reciprocated. He will draw nigh to us. And we're really as close to God as we really want to be. You may be here this morning and say, I feel like God is a thousand miles away. The Bible says God's not very far from every one of us. If I'll turn my heart and I'll seek after Him, He'll draw nigh to me. Isn't that awesome? The God that spoke this world into existence wants to be your best friend on this planet and help you. What a friend we have in Jesus, we sang this morning. Number three, turn to verse, we're going back to 2 Kings 4. Look at verse number 24. I want you to look at her persistence as we see her demonstration of faith. Look at her persistence. Verse, uh, verse 24, And she sat on an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came to the man of God, Mount Carmel, and it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is the Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And she came to the man of God, to the hill, but she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away, and the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. She's persistent. At this time, one commentator said, all of the young men, again, it was harvest time, the servants and the donkeys were in the harvest field. The young men were cutting and binding the sheaves and placing them upon carts or wagons, drawing the vehicles, fully laden to the threshing floor, but she didn't let this stop her. She appealed to her husband and said, I've got to get a donkey to ride. When she gets here and she sees Gehazi, she's not content to hear from him. She wants to go to Elisha, and she does what she needs to do to get to Elisha. She is persistent in her pursuit. Boy, we're very quick to give up. She's not going to give up until she gets to the man of God. We're very quick to give up without answers from God. The Bible tells us, be not weary, Galatians, in, in well-doing, for in due season we'll reap if we faint not. 2 Corinthians 4, seeing we have this, received this ministry, we faint not. Luke 18, men ought always to pray and not to faint. We're very, very quick to give up. We're very quick to say, hey, let's hang on. Jesus is coming. I think it's exciting that Jesus is coming. I, I do, and, and you do too. But I think if we, if we say, hey, Jesus is coming, so I don't have to do anything, that's a wrong attitude. 
will work, the song says, till Jesus comes, right? We'll work till Jesus comes. Oh, we've got to stay at it. I'm told that Paderewski, the famous pianist, was scheduled to perform at a great concert hall in America. It was a high society extravaganza. Present in the audience that evening was a mother and her fidgety nine-year-old. She had brought him with the hopes that when he heard the great composer pray, he'd be encouraged to practice. As the mother turned to talk with some friends, he slipped away and strangely found himself at the Steinway piano on the platform. Staring wide-eyed at the keys, the boy stood on the stool, sat on the stool, placed his small fingers on the keys, and began to play chopsticks. The roar of the crowd came to a hushing as frowning faces pointed in his direction. Someone began to shout, get that boy away from here. Can you imagine being the parent of that nine-year-old? Do we have any nine-year-olds here? Nine-year-olds? Ten? Who's ten? Michael, there you are. It's all you. In our minds now, we're picturing you on a piano playing chopsticks. Backstage, the master composer overheard the sounds out front. He quickly realized what was happening and turned toward the stage. Without one word of announcement, he stooped stooped over behind the boy, reached around both sides, and began to improvise a counter melody to harmonize with the and enhance chopsticks. As they played together, the composer kept whispering in the boy's ears, Keep going. Don't quit. Keep playing. Don't quit. Similar in our work for the Lord. Our playing of chopsticks may not be impressing anyone. By the time we're ready to give up, we hear the master say, keep going. Don't stop. Don't give up. God's timing's not our timing. God's ways aren't our ways. God calls us to what? He calls us to faithfulness. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. God has to do the work. Jesus said, I will build my church. If somebody's going to get saved, God has to do the saving. We must be faithful in proclaiming the truth. We must be faithful in taking a stand. We must be faithful in seeking to impact people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Persistence, not quitting. Lastly, I want you to see her patience. Verse 31 The Bible says, verse 30, And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. They wanted people to recognize it wasn't the staff, it was God. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. And he went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. Now, let me just paint this picture. The people in the room are Elisha and the boy. The mom is not in the room. I admire the fact that the mom is not in the room because most moms would be in the room. Most of us would say, hey, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to peek in the window. Um, Most of us wouldn't be able to wait, as this mother did. Reminded of, the, of the, uh, the lady that called the airline company. She called American Airlines, and she asked the reservation clerk, how long does it take to get from Dallas-Fort Worth to Frankfurt, Germany? The clerk had to wait a minute for the information to come up on her computer, cream, her computer screen. 
So she said, just a minute. The caller responded, thanks very much, and hung up. <laughs> That's kind of how we are. You be very impatient. She's very patient. She lets Elisha do what he's going to do. And you know the story. Matter of fact, we can read the story. The Bible says, um, uh, where's my, here we go. Uh, he went in, shut the door, verse 33, and prayed to the Lord. He went up, verse 34, and lay upon the child and put his mouth on his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hands, and he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked to the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called, verse 36, Gehazi, and said, Call the Shunammite. So he called her. And when she was come in unto him, he said, Take thy son. And she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. By the way, I think it's very interesting when you look at verse, uh, 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 verse 33 here, when you, when you look at what the scripture says, Elisha prayed unto the Lord. The Bible is very clear that it was God that was the deliverer. It wasn't Elisha. Elisha was dependent upon God, and God used him to perform a miracle. But I look at this Shunammite from start to finish, not knowing what God's going to do, and I see a calmness about her. I see a faith about her. I see a trust about her in the midst of a very, very difficult trial. And she patiently waits, and God delivers. Can I say this? God doesn't always, we know this. You look at the Word of God, many stories with different endings. God didn't always hear. These are two situations that are in Hebrews 11 where women were praised for their faith. But you know what? No matter what the outcome, God can be trusted. It's about him. It's about his glory. It's about making God look good. It's about us believing God no matter what. It's about us choosing to walk by faith. In this Shunammite story, she made a decision. And that decision affected her in this situation and God delivered in a great way. May God help us. I don't know what situation you face. What situation you're facing this week. I do know God knows all about it. God knows all about it. And I do know that God is in control. And I do know that God wants us to believe Him. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Lord, we love you tonight, to this morning.